Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello and welcome to A Talking Cast The A Talking Cat podcast that no one asked for But we're bringing it to you anyway You are listening to episode 70 Which if you're following along at home uh, It is minute 69 And today I am joined by some wonderful people Our guest Lan Hello Hello And our other guest, Mr. Zach Powers Hello Hey, thanks for having me Thanks for coming. I'm very excited to talk about this minute. This is really the only action-y shot, really only yeah. action shot in the film. I guess that's <laughs> um, true, yeah. So. Action happens, a kind of action. And action occurs, um, so... You know, this is this is exciting. This is a um, a turning point in the plot, and at that po- at this point, I will take whatever I can get. I mean, <laughs> there was a pretty adrenaline fueled moment earlier where Phil was almost hit by the car. So oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but the tires uh, here and... that was that was you know some foreshadowing for this moment, and right. so I'm gonna go ahead and jump in. We start this minute starts if you just. I just watched this on its own, and so it's kind of a jarring minute to watch by itself because uh, the camera is low at road level and very shaky, um, and there's a squeal of the tires, and you can see the car. There's that car who is always driving so fast um, by... Down our our (laughs) road, yeah. Yeah, down that road. Um, It's kind of coming down like coming across the bridge and you're like okay and then you just kind of see Duffy on grass and there's a loud meow and some squealing and I think you're supposed to gather that uh, Duffy has been hit by the car this Uh, car is only seen twice in the movie and both times it endangers somebody's life which is a pretty intense record I guess it's like it's Christine or something it's insane Yeah, this guy, the guy, whoever, whoever's driving this car is, is just out for blood. Is like, they've got blood on their mind. Yeah, if I don't yeah. hit something by the end of the day, it has been a failure. I mean, uh, surely he's probably, he's got to have killed somebody else by this point if this is track record just from what we see. But he, <laughs> right. he gets away with it. No say. wonder we never he see like, anyone else. He Kaiser Soze's his way out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one there were supposed to be like three more characters in this movie, but they're all dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of the neighbors have been murdered by this uh, by this crazy driver. The cops just can't beat up enough to catch him. I like the idea that there's like a side movie involving this driver that's like almost a Fast and the Furious movie <laughs> yeah. about the police yeah. trying to catch this serial killing, <laughs> I don't know, motorist. <laughs> yeah. 
That guy who drives well, his Toyota just a little too fast. Because we've we've established in the other uh, long extended driving scene that uh, Susan drives fairly slowly, uh, <laughs> as it takes you know like four hours for her to. It's a narrow bridge. Yeah. You know what? You know, um, I actually kind of hope that it's not even a guy in a car. <laughs> I hope it's like, I hope it's like Duffy's opposite, like Satan and God, or like those dumb oh, those yeah. dumb guys from Lost or something. Where they always are fighting one another? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> throughout time? Like, all the creation myths have Duffy and and the guy who drives too fast? <laughs> yes, that's arch-nemesis, the guy who drives too fast. Susan drives a white car, this guy who drives too fast drives a black car. You might I be onto something here. It does sound like the name of, like, uh, you know, like an old weird form movie, like, the guy who drove too fast. It does, um, yeah, kinda. It, it's, it's a great title. So we hear a loud meow, there's some, it, the screen just goes to black, and then there's a beach for a good long while. I think it's a trick. I think what they're trying to do is fake you out and be like, maybe Duffy's in heaven. Maybe this <laughs> is an establishing shot of heaven where Duffy is now. It's pretty nice there. Yeah. It's just like, ah, that was a scary moment. Let's let you, let's let you calm Catch down. Catch your breath. <laughs> give you, <laughs> give you some time to relax. Uh, <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It's like, let's remind you that somewhere else, things are okay. There's no, yeah. there's yeah. no cats who have been hit by a car. Everything's fine. Well, if they didn't give us some time to, you know, catch our breaths, we might miss some of this electric dialogue. Then we'd be lost. We'd never know I what's know. going on again. Because this cuts from, you know, Duffy getting hit by a car to the electric relationship flirtation between Franny and Chris. It's just too much. So thank God for a solid 10 seconds of this beach. I mean, and it's a it's a big tonal shift between the thrill of the uh, car crash sequence to the intense romance of the following scene. Yes. Uh, so we are back to the porn mansion. Uh, Chris and Franny are in the pool because Chris can now stand in the short pool um, thanks to <laughs> thanks to Trent although we did see him doing that before Trent ever arrived he was about equally deep in the pool I'd say so they are just kind of sitting in the pool and uh, Franny you know Franny I think I think Franny knows more about Shakespeare than she's letting on and she goes Macbeth and his lady would have been a lot less ambitious if they had a pool to lounge in <laughs> I would say that maybe she does know more about Shakespeare, especially because it seemed like they were studying Hamlet earlier. So right. apparently she knows about Macbeth, unless they're just doing yeah. the whole first folio or something. That's still not an intensely deep knowledge of Shakespeare. No, no, I know. I've just, I've been long uh, nursing this theory that Franny's like a mastermind and has, you know, perfected using her womanly wiles to get access to that sweet, sweet pool. Everybody seems to be using Chris for that pool. Chris is the pool yeah. kid, right? Yeah. Right. Chris is the kid with the pool, and Chris is like, I think you're right, and they're like, ha 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 ha, we're clever high schoolers making clever jokes about literature. Mm -hmm. Phil does the dad thing and shows up with lemonade. I don't want to, he says something like, I don't want to bug you, but you know, I'm here to bug you, basically. It's kind, it's kind of him to, I mean, to yeah. interrupt this incredibly platonic moment where <laughs> Chris is sitting like, I don't know, I think like two and a half feet away from where he's sitting, which is like the yeah. farthest that that step can possibly <laughs> extend. Like right. the opposite opposite end of the entire step. They both look fairly content to be in their separate corners of the steps of the pool. Phil bends down, we get 
some great gapage in his shirt. Well, when you hire somebody like Phil, you got to show it off, you know? And of course, he's wearing like a long sleeve flannel shirt in the middle of the summer in California, but whatever. That Theoretically, this is the outfit that uh, Tina's app suggested for him, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. So maybe uh, maybe Tina's app isn't quite as, as fancy as they uh, as they seem to think it is. They need to add a weather component is what they need. It's in beta. It's in beta. Yeah, exactly. Let's see, we're in California and it just told me to wear a parka. Seems legit. Might, might have to adjust some zip codes or something. To be fair, it is a nice parka. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, he hands them drinks. They they accept the drinks. And this part is a little weird. A phone rings and uh, Franny and Chris neither like react to the phone ringing at all. But Phil reacts in kind of a like, oh, oh, a phone is ringing. I should pick that up. So he opens up Franny's bag and grabs a phone and he goes, is this your phone? Yeah, it's really Phil. weird. <laughs> because it's it's closer to her than it is to him like he has to right. get down on his knees to get to the phone and it's like maybe six inches away from her like from her arm right i mean granted like she is in a pool right. and she has like one hand is occupied by a drink but like her other hand is not in the water so she can easily just grab a phone, but she acts like she doesn't even notice that it's ringing. It's a weird moment, and I think there's like a weird, a weird cut to see that we're still at the same, the same place. We get another weird establishing shot. Uh, is this Franny's phone? I can't handle the suspense. I don't know. It just seems so nosy of him to just like. <laughs> randomly grasp at phones like maybe right i mean every time a phone goes off in a public place does he just immediately like track it down and go like, right into their pocket after it <laughs> yeah he's like whose phone is this is this yours <laughs> is this yours i just pulled it out of your pocket answer the phone and she goes yep and, and she picks up the phone and says, hey, oh, really? No, that's that's terrible. And Chris is chilling, drinking lemonade. Yeah, he doesn't give um, a shit. Yeah. Looking look slightly conspiratorial almost. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's clearly receiving bad news, and he does right. not care at and all. He's just chilling. He's like, he's like, you know what? I have completed my goal of sitting in a pool with Franny. That is all I wanted. I don't care about her emotions. He doesn't or understand that is why happening. he wanted it in the first place. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is not as good as I expected, but at least I have some lemonade. And then Franny says, I'll get my mom to give me a ride over right away. Right. Which we'll discuss the implications of why does Franny need to be there um later when we find out what is happening. So there's another cut to Phil. Phil goes, is everything okay? Um Franny explains that her friend was looking after a stray cat, uh, which is Duffy, and that he got hit by a car at their place, and it doesn't look good. Yeah, and then there's this, I mean, Phil and Chris look at each other, and I really like Phil's choice in this scene, where he does like a really weird double take to his son. It's kind of subtle, but I kind of really enjoyed it. Yeah. I like Phil's little acting choices. There's, yes. a, there's a moment, of, I don't know if they mentioned this, it was a couple minutes ago, but when they're first investigating the app, he he asks his son to help him, and he's like, and you're going to help me. And when he says you're going to help me, it's like super casual. But he yeah. points at him with like his whole arm extended <laughs> and his finger all the way out. It's like yeah. Donald Sutherland at the end of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, <laughs> like pointing accusatorily at him. I just love these. Phil's such a great weird 
human being. He just randomly makes these like big gestures that are absolutely not called for. <laughs> and so it's kind of, you know, this like, what? What? This stray named Duffy? Your friend? It must be that other person that we know. She she tells them that it's the same cat, because... She tells them that, that it's Duffy, and that it's the same cat. Um, but uh, then Franny goes, what's going on? And that's the end of the minute. But let's, let's roll it back here. There's been a little bit of discussion in some other minutes where we're trying to figure out how the movie has told us that Franny and Tina are friends. I don't think it has at all. Not has really. It? Because I think the what we're supposed to gather is that Tina's on the other end of the phone. For sure. So it's it's just like I I have a vague memory of early on in the movie Tina being on the phone with somebody who is like trying to flirt with a boy who's clueless and that I assumed was Franny, but I don't even know if that's an actual memory or something my brain just like patched in. Right. <laughs> to I have to make to try sense to make somehow. this movie make sense. A fever dream you had while watching this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Well they I know not to jump ahead, but they like hug in the next minute. So clearly they know each other prior to this. Yeah. As if it would have been I, hard to have them in like one scene together prior to this just just a little hint anything i mean i don't know i mean yeah. i don't know what the time frame of the movie is so far but i feel like they haven't hung out in the past two days since tina met this cat right like, it's been max two days i think right and every time we see every time we see uh tina she is alone in the house right so it's like they would be easy enough for franny to just be in another scene just be watching a movie with her or be like wow, you really need to stop working on your proposal. It's summertime. Let's try to con boys into yeah. letting us in their pool. Uh, you know, something, something. The thing that makes, weirds me out about the Franny-Tina relationship is that it kind of makes Duffy's entire contribution entirely worthless because his right. whole thing was that he was going to connect these families, right? But right. before the movie starts... There's a clear connection that's probably going to come to fruition sooner or later. Like, they're going to probably meet one another. She clearly has a crush on this kid, and Tina's her best friend. It's, that's a great point. <laughs> why does Duffy need to do anything? And sadly, what, had it, what was it that brought them together at the end? Duffy had to get hit by a car. I mean, yeah, come on. Duffy, <laughs> Duffy gets hit by a car. And, like, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess the only thing that Duffy really does is solves the Chris is afraid of swimming problem by bringing Trent, by somehow luring Trent over to the house. But even that is, like, not that big of a deal. No. I'm sure that uh, Franny and Chris could have worked it out without uh, Chris having that weird moment with uh, with Trent in the pool. I mean, um. <laughs> probably Chris or literally anybody. I mean, if you take away the subtext, which, okay, that's hard to remove. Right. Anybody could have helped Chris with this problem. His <laughs> right, father, exactly. who's right there and retired, not doing anything. Has probably noticed that his son doesn't know how to swim since they have a pool that he never uses. Yeah, I hate to tell you this, guys, but the internal logic of this movie is not concrete. Oh, oh no! It. What if I've been spending all this time recording this podcast for then? All these minutes, um, <laughs> all these minutes, <laughs> so many minutes. My other question here is that if I'm Tina and this cat gets hit 
by a car and I know that this other family that I've already communicated with has a relationship with this cat. Why am I calling my friend who has nothing to do with the cat to be like, hey, can you come over right now? This stray cat is injured. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I also don't know why Franny would be like, I have to get over there right now, a cat. She's like, I'll get my mom to give me a ride over right away. And it's like, well, first of all, it's walking distance. Yeah. Second of all, why do you need to be there right now? It's like, oh, because like, I mean, I... I consider myself a pretty good friend, and if my friend had a stray cat that she had gotten attached to that got hit by a car, I would have been like, oh, that sucks, like, what can I do to help? But I wouldn't be like, oh no, this is an emergency, I need to be there right now, I have to leave. I don't know. And add the caveat that they met this cat, like, max two days ago. Right. Maybe Franny's investigating the, uh... The driver of the car that drives too fast, and this is yet another. Clue. Are you saying this Shit. is a never been kissed situation? <laughs> and Franny is deep undercover. <laughs> so this is like a never been kissed slash the Fast and the Furious because oh remember God. the Fast and the Furious, right? There is undercover, you know, getting close to these street racers. So sure. uh, she is undercover trying to investigate this uh, this street racer. Maybe she thought that uh, that Chris was was somehow involved, but she's barking up the wrong tree there. I don't know how she would ever <laughs> get the idea that Chris was a hardcore drag racing <laughs> badass. But <laughs> it's like maybe this kid's got a lot of pent up energy. He's just driving really fast through through the neighborhood. Um, but he's spooked by water, so there's lots of long winding roads leading up to their houses, so lots of That's lots true. of room to drive. Yeah. I mean, as a side note, this is the minute where Susan, I guess, loses her chance to ever talk to Duffy. Because that's <laughs> yeah. what he's on his way to do, is talk to Susan, which yeah. never happens. To go back to the beginning, like, there is no indication of where the car is in relation to the cat. They are in completely separate shots for the entirety <laughs> of the sequence. And then when he gets hit, there's like two different cat noises that happen, like almost yeah, simultaneously. from the same maybe there, was, maybe there was another cat. Maybe there was a cat under each wheel. <laughs> Duffy and another. I think that's pretty much pretty much all that I have for the minute. Does anybody else have any stray thoughts or anything they noticed that we skipped over? Uh, Chris is the best at looking awkward while drinking lemonade that I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All the points to that actor for uh, making drinking lemonade <laughs> look really strange. Can't even enjoy lemonade around her. <laughs> No. No. Nothing tastes as good when Franny's around. <laughs> He's just too nervous. Waiting He's for Trent. Freaking out. <laughs> yep. He's like, you know, everything was really natural around Trent. It's starting to dawn on him in this scene, I think. But anyway, thank you guys so much for uh, going over this minute with me. I appreciate it. Sure. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having me. Yeah, thanks for having me back again. Yeah, it's you guys are both uh, delightful guests and. Uh, you know, we're running low on minutes, but I'm glad that you guys were on this uh, journey here with us. So No one should have to do it alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for not letting me do it alone. Um, but anyway, and that thank you out there. That would be the saddest podcast ever. <laughs> Can you imagine a one-person podcast? podcast? <laughs> but only one person per episode. Oh, God. Yeah, it would just be like I it would just imagine like me sitting alone in my bedroom 
just reading the transcript into a, into a <laughs> microphone and then just being like, well, you know, that's, that's what happened on this minute. So <laughs> if anybody ever did a podcast like that, there's inevitably it would be played at some kind of trial for a bombing or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is what they did in their free time. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. It would definitely be like one of those things where like somebody opens a drawer and there's like a billion cassette tapes of just nonsense um, uh. <laughs> be like that <laughs> All <right>. but <laughs> anyway uh and thank you out there for listening and um i've enjoyed this minute and we will catch you next time can't get enough a talking cast like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash atalkingcast. Follow us on Twitter at atalkingcast. And you can help out the show by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Bye. Bye-bye. Minute by minute. That's so they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. The Talking Cast is about to begin. It's Episode 70 of A Talking Cast. Your host was Sammy C, with guests Lan and Zach Powers. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kowaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. Because Lord knows that this movie does not give you enough time to catch your breath. <laughs> yeah. No. True. It is a nonstop thrill ride. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they've gotta they've gotta do something to slow down this uh this runaway train here.